Hey everybody, it's Few here talking about the election. As my uh, uncle has asked me, as we've decided to do this, this, uh, this two sides, we're each going to record separate audio and talk about each side. We're talking about the 2016 election. Two candidates, one office, one woman, one misogynist. Who will stand? Who will fall? Will the country survive? And where is Vladimir Putin? Tune in to CNBC, CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, and BuzzFeed for up-to-date reports. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've a little bit been dreading this podcast uh, because I, I don't... You know, if somebody, if I had to vote for a candidate, if somebody, um, and you can already see where this is going, I think, because of that answer right there. If I had to vote for a candidate, I would vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, and just full disclosure, I have the the absentee ballot that came in from Michigan. Um, I'm living in Chicago. I'm going to send it over there. And um, I think... It makes sense to me why the polls have made a swing. I think Hillary has done well in those debates. I think she is um, robotic and unrelatable. Um, I actually went to a live, uh, sort of an audience theater live watching of the debate in the uh, Chicago History Museum, part of something WBEZ Public Radio does here. Um, So you can imagine how that audience lent, uh, or leaned, rather, it was um, it was a unique event, and the audience was very charged. One woman said, uh, st- "Stood up." I mean, they were asking questions to a panel of people. I'll talk about that in a moment. But one woman in the crowd got up <laughs> and grabbed the microphone from the this uh, this guy who was walking around, letting people in the audience ask questions, and just said, "I don't think Hillary Clinton is robotic. I I relate to her on every level. I relate to her as a woman, as a mother, as a as a concerned person, as a feminist." As a, and she just went on and on, and I was like, "Man, this is exactly this is exactly nuts." Like, I don't think Hillary Clinton is straight up a robot, but I don't like her. I like um, I. I, I, I'm sure she's a fine person in person. I'm sure she's not a lizard person, um, as Donald Rumsfeld was accused of being from Louis C.K. I'm sure she's not a lizard person. I don't think David Icke thinks that she's a lizard person. Go look that up. That'll be an At 2 a.m., go on your computer when you can't sleep and go look up David Icke lizard people. All right, this has gone way off the rails. Here's what I'm talking about, you guys. I... I don't think she's a lizard person. I don't think she's a monster. I think she's she's a politician who's very interested in the acquisition of power. I think she wants to be the first female president. Um, I mean, I suppose what female politician would, would maybe not want to do that in a certain kind of way. Um, but I also don't feel that she... I, she's so rehearsed. It feels like such a performance. And maybe in a way that's why the Clintons have succeeded so often is that they're extremely intelligent, they're sort of ruthless in attempting to to gain power, and they're also very aware of the performative aspect of poli- politics and how important it is. And it doesn't also mean that she doesn't have, you know, values or she doesn't have, um, you know, real concerns with the well-being of the nation. I don't think it, her election... And at this point, I'm, I'm ready to con- concede that I think that she's completely going to win anyway, which is partially why I'm going to 
get to my point about who I'm going to vote for, but I think that she, I think that she just as I think Bill did, and maybe my uncle will laugh or scoff at this as well as many other people listening. Um, I, I, I think that she, like her husband before, really has, truly has the interest of, uh, in the well-being of America at heart. I think that the only problem with that is that it comes with a side of having to understand that the acquisition of power is the most important thing in the system. And that feels also strangely deeply anti-American in a lot of ways. Um, you know, Thomas Jefferson was afraid of any sort of locus of power in the government at all and was very concerned that that any locus of power would begin to erode personal liberty and would begin to um, to build institutions around itself that then would 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 form structures of control and of social control and that's why he wanted a country of agrarian farmers that's true you can go look that up that's why he was an anti-federalist he was um he was not one of the Federalists. He finally conceded to the idea of federation and of federalism, but he, he didn't like it. And what's strange about that historically is that he was able to do many things that he did, such as the Louisiana Purchase, because of a federal government. But he, he didn't really want a federal government to exist uh, because he, he really did believe that people should be the, the focus of their own well-being. Maybe that's a that's a kind of conservative thought or statement today. I mean, probably people in the audio audience here are rolling their eyes, thinking Jefferson was a slave owner. So, and he was also a white man. So why even listen to him? Um, he was also a genius. Uh, he wrote the Declaration of Independence. Uh, he, you know, he's the one who first used the wall between church and state. He rewrote the Bible without any miracles in it. He was a deist. Uh, he was, he made the Louisiana Purchase. He was an extremely intelligent statesman. And I think, I don't think that the, the thing the Clintons do, as Christopher Hitchens has noted in his book, No One Left to Lie To, um, which is the acquisition of power, I don't really feel like that's terribly American. So let me just get that out of the way first. Uh, is why I, have, I would have misgivings about voting for Hillary Clinton. Gun to my head, I would cast my vote for her. You know, if this was Australia and I had to vote, I would vote for her. Uh, I don't think I would be thrilled about it. I think people who, quite frankly, are thrilled about it are fallen under the persuasion of identity politics. They think, oh, she's going to be a woman. That'll be fantastic. I think as Bill Burr's noted, and we'll link this in the show notes, uh, I mean, come on. It's just, we're all assholes, okay? Just because you don't have a penis doesn't make you a saint. Um, I think that it does give her a different perspective. I'll totally grant that. I think that the way that she talked about uh, abortion and even, you know, late-term abortion was, I think, um, important in the last election. It's the first time that people have talked about women's lived experiences in, I think, a very salient way that, that felt relevant, that, you know, a doctor comes in and says, look, it's, you, this is life-threatening. If you continue with this pregnancy, you're going to, not only is the baby definitely going to be lost, but your, your life may be lost. I mean, that's a hard decision, and it's not a, it's not a fun decision to make. It's not even, um, I think the ethics of it 
depend heavily upon your perspective. And I think the perspective of the person who will never have to answer that question for themselves is different than someone who may have to answer that question. I can totally grant that. Um, where am I going with this? So here's the final analysis, though. Um, I think Donald Trump is uh, an egotistical narcissist, as my uncle's noted in this podcast. He's extremely egotistical. I think that if Hillary Clinton can get his goat this easily in three debates, I, I am terrified to see what a man like Vladimir Putin, would, how he would be able to manipulate him. I think that he, he, until recently, I thought that he was just a bully. I thought that Donald Trump was just a bully who was pushing people around. He wanted to feel important. I've heard um, Tony Robbins actually talk about his meetings with Donald Trump and said that Donald just wants to feel very important. That's just what he wants to feel like. He just wants to feel very important, which is a classic narcissist trait. And that's why he puts his name on everything, and that's why he wants to be right all the time. And I've read his books, and I know that when he gets hit, he says the only reaction you can have is to hit back even harder. Um, and that is fucking crazy uh, on the world stage. I think that, uh, love him or hate him, I think Obama has an extremely good... Um, he has an extremely good... Mm, attitude? What's the word I'm looking for? His... His uh, way of maneuvering the world has been patient. I think it's been, um, I mean, you can think he's a criminal, but, you know, Duterte in Phil uh, the Philippines insulted him directly. And I think he called him like a son of a whore or something like this. It was really, it was pretty egregious. And his response was like, yeah, well, you know, he said some colorful things. And that, he's a pretty colorful guy. That was about it. I mean, imagine if Donald Trump had gotten that. This is a man who could have picked up a red phone and had a missile flying toward that place seconds after it happened, maybe minutes, you know. I don't really know if I want that guy maneuvering internationally uh, on behalf of the state of the United States and our, you know, millions of people. He lied uh, just about every 50 seconds in the last debate, according to PolitiFact, which maybe you can disagree with and think is a totally biased organization, but... Um, I mean, just listening to him ramble stuff off, you were like, this guy's this guy's nuts. Um, if this is how he's doing in front of this little lady here on a stage in Las Vegas, I can't imagine how this would be going in the United Nations. Um, I, I think that the get that's just the, the the character of the man is important. And Christopher Hitchens, uh, who I think is a genius, um, rest in peace, C. Hitch. He said that's the only thing that you can't fake. You know, you can rehearse, you can, you can learn facts, you can, you can get endorsements, you can have very slick political messaging, but, you know, the character of someone when they're in front of you and how they handle themselves is, is, is un... It's impossible to, to, to fake it so well that it becomes real. And I think that that's why we feel for those of us that feel this way, that Hillary Clinton is distant and a little bit too well rehearsed, and that's exactly why. You know, honestly, the only times that I felt connected with her in this entire cycle is when she was truly fed up with Donald Trump and would really just kind of let him have it. I think that I think that, that over-preparedness maybe is kind of a, a certain type of weakness, but when you're comparing it to a monster, I suppose, um, and I think that at this point... 
my uncle may totally disagree with me. I think Donald Trump has appeared like a kind of monster. I think that uh, I would take over preparedness and maybe some political guile. And even if that guile means I don't know where it's going to go, if these are the only two options I have, then I guess I have to choose the lesser of two evils, which is what everybody is saying in this election. Here's the thing, though. I think... Um, I'm glad I live in a democracy in which I don't have to choose. I'm glad I live in a place not like Australia where I have to vote or is a crime. I think that I am going to choose to, to not vote, actually. Now, before everybody freaks out about that, let me tell you that most economists actually agree with me, and most economists also don't vote, uh, so I've heard from Stephen Dubner, because uh, statistically the vote doesn't matter anyway. Um, this isn't a protest. This isn't me going like, no, I refuse the idea of a two-party, so I'm throwing down the gauntlet. This is a line in the sand, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying that I don't, you know, I just don't like it. And um, if I, you know, if I didn't, if no one is forcing me to do this, then I don't want to toss my uh, lot in and give some tacit consent to someone who I suppose I don't truly understand or agree with and who uh, has a track record of many egregious things behind her. Um, I don't, but I also don't think that this is a, a terribly bad thing, if this makes any sense. Like, look, there's a lot of worse possibilities that could have come out of particularly this election, but in, of any election. Also, like we could be sitting with leaders in front of us who truly uh, don't have any political guile or who, and some people might have accused Obama of that kind of thing, um, actually. So I think that's why I'm actually not going to vote. Um, I know it's important. I know it's a big, it's part of being an American. It's part of being, uh, it's a sacred responsibility, some people would say. But I uh, don't like it. I don't like, I don't like if being forced this choice. I think uh, if anything good is going to come out of this election, I, I sincerely hope that it's going to be a serious restructuring of both the Democratic and Republican uh, structures of power and how those organizations find the people they want to run for office and how the people themselves are going to run for office, and how we're going to hold people accountable for the offices they run for. I mean, ultimately, I think this is a, this is a failure of American, the American populace. Look, if these are our two best, are you telling me out of a country of almost 400 million people, these are the two best fucking people we have? Seriously? Seriously? We produced better politicians from less people in a time with less knowledge, way, far, far, far in the past. And now we have Donald J. Trump, uh, a host of idiots around him and behind him who have waited too long to condemn his behavior and let him get too far in the race uh, because they have, for the eight years that Obama was in office, not 
held their party to reasonable standards of behaviors and expectations. That's just the, f that is, I think, as close to the truth as, 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 as we can, as it can, as can be explained of the last eight years. I think that Donald Trump is the result of this kind of thing. This eight years of obstructionism and anti-Obamaism and, and generally anti-progressivism. Uh, it's caused the progressive side to grow even more frustrated and I think even more wild. And each party has, has become far more entrenched. And I don't know, because I can already feel conservatives and Republicans on the other side of this message getting their hackles up, thinking things like, well, Obama's partly responsible for that. Yeah, it takes two to tango. And I think of the Mitch McConnells of the world who, you know, who just don't want to work. They just don't want to work with the other side. And I think that we, we've kind of reached this point where Donald Trump becomes a legitimate option for people who are, who are this angry on the, on the right side of American politics. I think they're angry about a lot of stuff. And I think that part of that has to do with the internet and future shock and the ability to, to not deal with the inability, rather, to deal with this much incoming information all the time. I think that that, I think that, that prevents, I think that prevents reasonable discourse from happening because it's always something else. And I have to admit that Hillary Clinton and the Clintons, I think, are masters at courting that kind of thing, courting that kind of news cycle to their advantage. Um, and weirdly, we live in a world in which someone needs to, because Vladimir Putin certainly does. You can go watch Odearism number two, uh, talking about how Vladimir Putin uses it. He uses it to his advantage, not only in his country, but uh, in our country. I think that uh, his attack on the, or his, the Russian attack on American email servers to influence the election, I think is probably real. Uh, I haven't admittedly done a ton of research into it, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually the case. Um, either way, and, and before you guys freak out and think like, well, Brendan, how come you're making your decisions on these kinds of things. I don't, I don't think it's that important whether or not he actually did it. And I know that sounds nuts, but here's the thing. That dude is a real threat. And he's been a, Russia is pushing out. It's pushing back into Crimea. It's pushing back into Ukraine. Uh, it's, it's trying to flex its muscles. It's flying over uh, other people's airspace. I'm not really sure why it's doing this necessarily. But I think that represents sort of a threat to the West. I think that we could very well be threatening them. I'm open to that discussion. But in terms of this election, I don't think a Donald Trump is going to be the one to, to, to calm everybody down. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see Trump as the kind of personality type that calms people down. <laughs> and I feel like in a world of increased insanity that not only are things becoming more nuts, but the pace of things being nuts is increasing. And the size and scope of the of the ridiculousness and idiosity that occurs around the world is only growing too. I don't know that a guy like that, who's almost a, a, a tuning fork, almost at a pitchfork, a tuning fork uh, for, for ridiculousness. I don't know if that guy needs to be at the, uh, at the White House. Um,
and that's, I think, really why I'm choosing not to vote for him, but also choosing not to vote for Hillary, uh, because I think that I just don't like either option. And uh, I know that there is no other option, really, but I think that maybe more than any other election, you know, if it was close, if it was really close, I would be voting for Hillary, but I doubt it's close. Maybe this is what people said when Brexit happened, by the way, and I totally grant that that could be the case. <laughs> Just a lot of people in Southampton, England, like, oh, no, it's fine. No, mate, they'll never vote for it. It's fine. Nah, we're just going to stay in the European Union. I'll come home, have a spot of tea, go out, have a pint, never cast my vote, eh? Uh, then, then there they go, bang. I love that they're trying to back out of this now. <laughs> so if it was closer, I would definitely go out and do it. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens on November 9th. You may be getting a big apology from me, not that my vote was essentially anything as a swing, but you know, here's the second thing I want to talk about for a little bit for the remainder of this time, which is that we, you know, we also have a really bizarre election process in the United States that, you know, Brexit was a referendum. So that joke uh, only sort of makes sense because in England, the entire country had to, had a say all at one time. Uh, everybody counted and it was a popular vote of whether or not they wanted to leave the European Union. And everybody's voice was equally as important. Here in the United States, that is just not the case, period. If you already live in a color state, you don't live in a swing state, hell, if you don't live in a swing county, your vote doesn't matter as much. You know, if you live in a handful of places in this country, Ohio, uh, maybe the most important. If you live in those places, your vote is really important, man. Holy crap, is it important. And people are just pouring political dollars and trying to influence you at every, every turn. But, you know, I'm living in Chicago, but I'm voting remotely from Michigan. Michigan, pretty blue state most of the time. Not really a swing state. Uh, I believe they went blue in the last election, although I could be wrong about that. But I'm pretty sure they did. And... This is not as important, you know, not as important. And I think that's weird. So, you know, if it was a referendum and I was in a swing state, or pardon me, if there wasn't swing states and it was a referendum, or if I was in a swing state, uh, I might go vote, but I don't think I'm going to. Um, but admittedly, I ha and I have to say this, I haven't totally decided that. If I get spooked at the last minute, I might write it in Hillary Clinton, and then underneath it say, God forgive me, and then throw my ballot into the mailbox. That, may, that might happen. That might happen, you guys. So I guess that's where it is. Uh, I hope you guys, uh, I hope you used the scandal score sheet. I hope, you, um, I hope it generated some kind of discussion for you. I hope this gives you some thoughts. I would love to hear your feedback. I'm sure my uncle has interesting things to say that we will... We will listen to one another's audio, and then we're going to go back and, and uh, have a discussion about it, and he'll probably be like, you said what about Trump? You what? You said what about Hillary Clinton? How can you even consider Hillary Clinton? That's, uh, you guys don't know that. That's a very good impression of him, actually. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> 
we can get up. <laughs> we our, vol, our our volume goes up to eleven sometimes. But I'm sure it'll be an interesting discussion. Um, and either way, I do think that if nothing else, this election has galvanized a lot of Americans into watching the debates that maybe they hadn't before. This has been a very interesting election. I think it's felt very relevant to everybody I've spoken to about it, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, left or right. And, man, if, we, if, if, if you and I, and if you're sitting here on the other end, and you may disagree with things I've said or thought, but if you're as frustrated about the state of American politics as I am, if, you're, if you really are, man, please, please, please fucking do something about it. Go to a local election. Get involved with local politics. Don't just tweet about it. Don't just write Facebook posts about it and share videos from Vox or from Breitbart or from whoever. Like, please, please do not pour more ass, more and more ass into this crappy stew of American bullshit that we've all got going on together because it's, it's, it, there, it, there has been enough of it. And like it or hate it, the reason I think that America produced so many statesmen that can stand in the halls of great statesmen of all time, Franklin, Adams, Washington, Jefferson, Lee, Hancock, I mean, all of these people, the reason they were able to do this is because their state of discourse was so good, man. Maybe don't just watch something and take someone else's opinion. Maybe think for yourself. Maybe the next time you find yourself in a political discussion, don't just try to defend your territory and attack the other person's. Don't think of this as a tribal, lines drawn in the sand. Please just try to meet in the middle and talk about common things and be open to being wrong or being open to maybe thinking about something a little differently. You know, it's not about who's right and who's wrong. And I know that these things feel very important to you and feel very important and relevant to your life, you know, no matter what the issues are. But are they important enough to sink the whole ship over? You know, is it important enough to be right about this in this exact moment to drive the ship into, into the rocks? I, I really hope that we can all kind of figure out how to get along enough on it to, uh, to have some patience I really think that that's what that's what we could have used this whole election cycle is some patience and some ability to listen a little bit. If the Republicans had done that, I want to say this straight out: if 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 y'all had done that in your election cycle, Donald Trump would not be the nominee. It probably would have been somebody else. It probably would have been Rubio, and that guy would have actually had an interesting debate with with Hillary Clinton. I don't think it would be Ted Cruz because he's the Zodiac killer, and I think we all know that. Anyway, I hope you guys have a good night. I hope, uh, or day, or drive, or in the office, or wherever you are. It's nighttime here in Chicago, so I will sign off, but it's been an interesting time. This has been a wild ride, and I, I, I hope that uh, you can join the conversation. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Take care.